Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Wags, what can I say? I'm still out of breath a little bit after last night's Big, big win. Packers are 2-1. and one, Took care of business on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. A good San Francisco 49er team. And uh, I've been smiling all day here on Monday, just thinking back about all the good that we saw last night. Yeah, uh, there's a lot to smile about. And the best part is, as good as the Packers played, we pulled out the win. That would have been really devastating. I felt like they deserved to win the game last night. Almost let it slip away from them. But uh, some last 37-second magic uh, from Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, the offensive line, and then, oh, yeah, Mason Crosby comes in and just does what Mason Crosby does. Yeah, it, it was It was just a, it was a phenomenal performance. I thought it was a team effort uh, overall. Um, there were a couple of letdowns here and there on all phases of the game, but guess what? I mean, the other team gets paid too, right? <laughs> so uh, I thought that overall, this was one of the better team performances on the road that I can recall. And and what I think, um, what I think I'm so inspired by is every season. It's a new season, right? So we can't look back at last year and go, well, it's a similar roster. So they're fill in the blank. They're not that. It's a new year. And going into this season when it was 0-0, no record, there were a lot of ways I could have seen the first three weeks play out. I don't know if this is how I could have imagined the first three weeks playing out, getting blown out on the road, taking care of business at home against a pretty bad Detroit Lions team, but then going on the road and getting a hard-fought victory in San Francisco. So, uh, Wags, what does that tell you about this team? I know it's still early, but I think they're starting to work towards developing, um, I, I think, uh, a bit of who they are and a little bit of character of what the personality of the 2021 Packers is. What are you seeing so far? Yeah, for sure. And you asked me last week if the win against the Lions washed the bad taste of week one out of my mouth. I said, I don't know. I, I was a little bit unsure. It was a wait and see. This week took the bad taste out of my mouth out of week one, and certainly I still wouldn't have liked that to happen. But it was just one game, and now we're two and one after getting a big win uh, in San Francisco. I don't know if before the season, even before that week one uh, game, if a lot of Packer fans would have really thought we had better than even a 50-50 shot of winning in San Francisco on week three, uh, especially uh, without David Bakhtiari, without Elton Jenkins. Uh, this was not uh, necessarily a week where we would have expected to go in and get a win. Uh, they just played extremely well. And so uh, you have to feel a lot better now. Listen, I don't expect the Packers to go out and go 16-1 and now after getting a big win, but uh, you certainly have to feel a lot better about the Packers' chances uh, of being the team we thought that they could be. Uh, they're still going to have bumps in the road. 
certainly, but uh, I think you have to feel a lot better about the defense. Uh, they're coming into their own. Certainly, San Francisco had their moments offensively against this defense, but overall, you've got to feel a lot better about what they're they're capable of. Uh, and then, obviously, um, with with the way the offense played last night. Uh, coaching staff, I thought, had an outstanding game plan. So credit all around for this Packer team. And, and now I'm ready to say, okay, preseason's over, gentlemen, three weeks into the season. Uh, let's buckle up and see where this team can go from here. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, he's the guy, right? He's the guy that gets things going. Not another monster 300-plus yard game, but I thought uh, – Early in the game, played really well. Had a couple drives there in the second half that were a little frustrating. But near the end of the game, I mean, that's all water under the bridge pretty quickly, right? When he makes some of the throws that he makes. I I think about the MVS touchdown in the corner. Uh, Talk about a game of inches, right? Very, very close play there. But then, of course, that final 37 seconds. I I just, I, I can't say enough about how impressive that drive was in that amount of time. It doesn't happen very often. Aaron Rodgers makes it look a little ho-hum at times because it looks so easy to him. But Fred Warner, uh, San Francisco 49er linebacker, he was mere centimeters away from tipping that ball away from Devontae Adams with the, the first play that they drew up with 37 seconds left. The next play, Rodgers again able to find Devontae Adams, or shortly thereafter, I should say. I believe it was a third down play. But Aaron Rodgers was masterful under pressure yet again in this game. What does that say about his psyche? Is it fair to say he's interested in this season, Wags? I think it would be fair to say. uh, Most uh, Packer fans by now have seen the viral video of Aaron hunched uh, down on the sideline waiting for the the kick from Mason Crosby and jumping up and bear-hugging defensive coordinator Joe Barry, who just happened to be the nearest guy standing next to Aaron at that point. I think he's invested. You know, he he was excellent last night. Dane, I I don't want to get into all of my nervousness from before the game, and but I will admit that we chatted before the game and I was openly wondering, is this going to be a fully invested Aaron? So it was a, it's a fair question. It, regardless of what Aaron wants to say or push back, I think it was a fair question given everything that we had seen in the offseason in week one. Um, and uh, he, he quieted some of those things certainly in week two, but this was the real answer for me. Uh, and uh, Aaron is a competitor he is going to do everything he can uh, to uh, prove that uh, he can still play at an MVP level. Last season was not a fluke and that he's going to do everything he can uh, to uh, help his team get as far as they can get this season. Yeah. Um, Devontae Adams. Every week, I swear, uh, another game where, what, he had 130 some odd yards receiving able to come back from what looked like a disastrous hit late in the fourth quarter. I think all of Green Bay and all of the state of Wisconsin was holding their breath when he went down and he looked hurt, legitimately hurt. Sounds like it was more of a lost his breath than a head injury. And it wasn't clear judging by what the camera showed, but he was able to get back up and perform 
at, at such a level, again, I mean, dare I say, is Devontae playing some of the best football of his career right now, which is almost unimaginable after what he did last season, but another game, another 100 plus yards, and it's almost come expected from Devontae. He's out there. He's going to get 100 plus yards. Uh, a fair number of the throws from Rodgers to Adams were very short throws that he made something out of. It was clear that early on in this game, a masterful performance by the coaching staff, as you mentioned at the top. They wanted to get Devontae involved early, but I think they also wanted to get the ball out of Aaron's hands very quickly, not only because of this vaunted pass rush from the San Francisco 49ers, and we'll get to the offensive line in a second, um, but but also just um, with, with an inexperienced offensive line in front of Rodgers, and I think that that game plan came to fruition, but Devontae Adams, Wags, was just remarkable yet again. He looks so smooth with the ball in his hands, and he is as dangerous as any receiver in football right now. Yeah, and certainly the Packers did a really nice job. Not that they weren't going to try to feed Devontae. Obviously they were. But uh, once uh, uh, Quan Williams and then Josh Norman uh, later yeah. in the first half went down, it, it, Packers were going right at – uh, the 49ers, um, uh, that rookie, I, I, his name escapes me, but um, he was uh, oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes lined up. Anytime Devontae uh, was lined up across from, from that kid, they were going right at him. Some beautiful back shoulder throws. I haven't seen some of those back shoulder uh, throws uh, like that since Jordy Nelson was gracing the green and gold. Um, and obviously, Devontae and Aaron have a special connection. Uh, so uh, they have just as good, if not a better connection as, as Jordy and Aaron had. But uh, they were just feasting on that. Uh, they were moving Devontae around. Uh, he was lined up in the slot quite a bit last night. Um, and uh, so they were doing anything they could to get him into space and exploit mismatches and, frankly, just get the ball in his hands. Uh, there were a few throws that it was all Devontae. Uh, he certainly had some help. Uh, from MVS or Tunyon or Lazard, whoever was in front of him throwing some blocks. But, I mean, they threw him the ball two yards, and Devontae made 8, 9, 10, 11 yards out of it. Uh, so you've got to give him a ton of credit. I Just to go back to Aaron for a moment, Dean, some of the throws he made last night, how ridiculous were a few of those throws? I mean, the stat line wasn't, the most incredible Aaron Rodgers game that we've ever seen. I, I mean, 261 yards, um, you know, he was accurate for the most part, two touchdowns. It wasn't like a five touchdown, 360 yard game or whatever, but some of the throws, I, you know, that throw, the touchdown to MVS. Is there, I mean, have you ever seen throw? Uh, I don't know if that's the best throw Aaron's ever made, but just incredible. Um, it was literally like an inch, maybe an inch and a half over Fred Warner's outstretched hand. And like, it couldn't have been in every, any other spot for MBS to be able to, to gather himself and catch the ball before going out of bounds. Uh, there were a few others, certainly. Obviously, the, the, the last possession, <laughs> those two throws were incredible. But what can you say about that? I mean, um, that accuracy is just incredible. I, I just want to just give Aaron an, 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 another extra shout out, uh, because, uh, he was, uh, the first throw to Lazard pinpoint. I mean, so they were just a thing of beauty. You could tell he, he was feeling the rhythm last night. There's nights and Aaron 
is still really good, but he knows he doesn't have like that extra level. Last night, you could tell early he was feeling really good, and and that that transpired, I thought, throughout the game. Yeah, and MVS today said he thought that that was the best ball he'd ever caught from a quarterback in his entire life, and I don't disagree. It, it was it was incredible, and that's the thing is some of those throws, right? You'll see quarterbacks, and even at the NFL level, that's kind of their highlight reel throw. And for Rodgers, it's like, throw it on the pile. Here's another one for the pile, right? And that's what makes Rodgers so incredible, let alone all of his calm and grace under pressure last night. But uh, there's what more can you say? I mean, three-time MVP. He deserved all three MVPs, but again last night. And, and on the road. I can't say it enough. On the road in that environment to do that, I think it always means something a little extra special to Rodgers when he can beat the 49ers. Um, but on the road in that environment, it was loud. You could tell it was loud. And for him to make those throws in those moments were just perfect. Yeah, and Dane, I, I know we, we've we given Aaron a, a little bit of criticism here. Uh, and I think, again, I deservedly, but... We also don't necessarily spend a ton of time talking about how, how great Aaron is when he deserves yeah. it too. So I just wanted to highlight uh, that as well. We've got a lot to get in here, into here. Um, I think let's, let's talk about that offensive line. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw that uh, Rob Domoski tweeted that outside from Billy Turner, the other four offensive linemen had made a combined five NFL starts going into last night. And it didn't even really dawn on me that that's how inexperienced we were up front. Uh, because, uh, we've, you know, John Runyon Jr., he's been around. He played a fair amount last year. Uh, Yashin Eisman has been on the Packers. He hasn't gotten on the field much in the regular season, but he's been on the Packers for a few years now. Uh, and So you just kind of almost forget how inexperienced, but Man, what an effort from those guys. Uh, you know, certainly um, the first series, uh, Nijman had the, the face mask, the illegal hands to the face penalty that kind of put them, uh, you know, out of that possession. Thankfully, we're still able to come away with three points. But settled in really nicely after that. I thought the the, the coaching staff did a, a really great job of, of utilizing our tight ends. Um, and Aaron Jones, uh, for that matter, to help out and do a lot of chip blocking last night. Uh, the tight ends were not involved at all in the past game. Um, we didn't suffer for it last night. I, I thought what they were doing was too important, um, and, and giving Aaron just enough time up front. Um, and, and, and we didn't see Aaron hold the ball. He was throwing strikes and getting rid of the ball quickly, um, just working in sync to help this offensive line. And while we didn't, you know, roll up uh, the best rushing game, I thought we were effective enough. Uh, Aaron Jones found some creases and uh, was able to to keep the ball moving on the ground when we needed to, kept them honest. So um, just what an outstanding job uh, by this offensive line, this young offensive line. Um, and uh, I think they answered a ton of questions as well last night. Yeah, they did. Across the board, you mentioned the inexperience, but um, Myers, man, he does not look like a rookie center. To, to play in that environment, he was getting snapped out. I know we saw the one 
snap. I, I forgive me. I can't recall which quarter it was in where Rogers kind of got in his backside a little bit and was chewing him out. I think it was earlier rather than later. I think it was a missed time snap, Cobb going in motion. But outside of that, Myers looked very, very adept against one of the best defensive lines in football. And that's the thing. We weren't playing a poor football team. We were playing a very strong front seven on the road. So, you know, throw out all the stats. These guys played their backsides off, all of them. As a unit, they played so well. You mentioned Runyon playing well. How about Yash Nijman? I mean, real talk, left tackle, first NFL start, Sunday night football, on the road, started off, it was clear he, he had a little bit of jitters, I thought, early on. Had, had a penalty on, uh, I believe it was legal hands of the face. I think there was a couple of issues there early on. He settled in so well as the game went on, and he held up under duress. The Packers were up. When the Packers were down, he was able to keep Aaron upright. And Billy Turner, Billy Turner has turned into one of the better right tackles right now. He's just steady. He's just a steady right tackle. And, and we talk a lot about Elton Jenkins' flexibility, but how about Billy Turner? He'll play tackle for you. He'll play guard for you. I mean, these guys, it's, it's incredible. So many teams in the NFL have offensive line woes week to week. They have, they have weaknesses all across the board. Uh, maybe it's the coaching staff. Maybe it's the scouting. Maybe it's the talent. Maybe it's everything combined, but the Packers are able to find offensive linemen that are flexible, that are able to play multiple positions, and they're able to perform as a unit as well as any offensive line in football week in and week out. And this was such a test, and they were able to get after it. I get excited for them because it's incredible to have depth at the offensive line. We were down our two best offensive linemen, two Pro Bowl offensive linemen, and we still took care of business. And mind you, we also ran the ball well enough. It wasn't an incredible jump off the screen stat line rushing, but they did enough wags. And I thought early on, they stayed committed to the run. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, they did enough to keep the chains moving, kept the defense honest, kept them off the the Aaron Rodgers back just enough. They did well enough in the run, but in pass blocking, just remarkable stuff last night. I can't say enough about what this unit did. Yeah, I... I think that might have been Billy Turner's finest game as a Packer, or if not, probably in the top five. Obviously, Yash Neisman gets a lot of the credit for, you know, stepping up against Nick Bosa. But D Ford, no slouch in his own right, was shut out completely of the, um, uh, of the st- stats, stat lines, he didn't have a single tackle, a, a single pressure, <laughs> a, a single sack. I, I, he, he was basically blanketed. He was invisible last night. So how about Billy Turner? I, I would say that was more than steady, uh, what the work that he gave last night. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I think that's a completely fair characterization of Billy Turner, um, throughout his tenure with the Packers. But uh, if he continues to play the way he did last night, wow, uh, look out uh, once we get fully healthy. Uh, this is uh, uh, looking like this could be a, a real strength of this Packers team. So knock on wood uh, that uh, we get, we stay healthy and get healthy. Uh, this, this team could really get rolling. Um, Dane, I, I guess, you know, I don't know if there's anything else offensively that you wanted to touch on, but um, I think 
one other thing real quick that I, I just wanted to uh, highlight was even though we didn't get quite as much uh, of an impact from secondary receivers as I thought we might need to heading into this game. I, I thought, uh, you know, uh, obviously MVS had a few catches, uh, including the touchdown, a long, deep pass, finally connected. Mm -hmm. um, Lazard, only one target. Big, big catch in the first series. Uh, these guys made them count uh, when they got the yeah. opportunity. And that's really what we're asking for. Uh, they're not going to get eight to ten targets most weeks. Uh, you know, MBS only got four targets. Lazard only got one target. Um, Randall Cobb, who we thought might get a little bit more involved this week, only had one target. It was it was Devontae Adams <laughs> getting all of the targets for the most part, um, and uh, it, it didn't slow us down at all. So we've got that tape out there. I think they'll continue to get more involved with some of those secondary guys. Certainly we expect Tanyan to get more targets most weeks than he did uh, to, uh, yesterday, but uh, this is something that's going to be crucial is if these uh, guys are able to take advantage of the opportunities they get, even if they only get two, three, four uh, opportunities in a given week, they've got to make them count. And they did yesterday. Uh, and that made a big, big difference as well. Made a huge difference. And you're right. Uh, Mercedes Lewis did a really nice job. I thought in both the pass and run blocking game, it doesn't jump off the screen at you, but he did really well. Uh, our buddy, um, Schmitty pointed it out and, and T.O., our other buddy, was able to kind of find the video of it too. Tunyon just leveling Bosa on a play. That's the thing about Tunyon that I'm really enjoying watching. He's just growing every single year. He's adding dimensions. To, and and um, is that going to happen nine out of ten times? Absolutely not against somebody like Bosa. However, it, it happened. I thought it set the tone early that the tight ends were willing to, to block and um, just the, the team effort there. And speaking of team effort. Really quickly, yeah. I, I don't mean to interrupt that thought. I, I Actually, I think Bob Tunyon could have done that nine out of ten times. And the reason was it was so well constructed. He split out. That had to have been something that they picked up on tape. They split him out wide. He went in motion, and Bosa didn't even see him there. Uh, when he went in motion and lined back up kind of right off the, uh, you know, the flanker spot, uh, it, Bosa was probably saw there was nobody lined up across from him, and he's looking down at the football to make sure he doesn't jump off sides. Uh, so he didn't even notice Tunyon was there. So not taking anything away from the block because it was awesome, but he kind of blindsided Bosa a bit on that play, uh, but that was just well-executed, uh, well-prepared by uh, the coaching staff and, and great job by Tanya and, uh, and uh, Rogers for selling it and, and setting it up perfectly. Uh, but uh, when you, when you, when you do those types of things to get that look uh, and uh, you notice on tape, Hey, if pre-snap, once he locks in, he's not going to be looking down the other, uh, uh, the other side of the line of scrimmage. He's only looking down at the football. Uh, that gave the Packers an opportunity to put him in a position to pancake, uh, Bosa. And I love that it got on tape. So again, taking nothing away from him, but, um, that was, that was a really well, uh, constructed, uh, design all the way around. 
That's no, that's good insight, Wags. It really is, and uh, and uh, good looking out on that. Um, you know, the the tight ends willing to do the dirty work last night. Another guy who's willing to do the dirty work, and uh, I just I think it deserves credit because you know I love special teams. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but after the sixty-eight uh, yard return. Late in the first half, and you know we've had our woes, of course, with special teams over the years here as Packer fans. Uh, it sounds like Alan Lazard ran over to Coach Drayton, special teams coordinator, raising his hand and saying, "I want in on kick coverage." I love that. I, I that's that's the thing about Alan Lazard, right? There, there's talk about him as a receiver, but also he's known as a guy who is an enforcer, they say, as a run blocker at the wide receiver position. I love that even at the NFL level, Lazard is raising his hand saying, get me out there. I want to cover kicks. I'm going to do what I have to do to uh, you know, help this team win. So just another thing I wanted to point out because you know we've got to clean up our special teams. I would prefer that one of our starting wide receivers doesn't have to be out on kick cover, but I love that he's eager to get out there and they're not asking him to do it. He wants to get out there. For sure. Yeah. Uh and we we've got to get better. Uh we yes. we, we continue to say that I will say that it seems like the special teams has been steadier this year. It's not as shaky. Obviously the big return last night, notwithstanding, um, we haven't really got much from the return game aside from in the Lions. I thought Hill had a couple of nice returns. Um, so that'll be kind of hit or miss probably mm-hmm. week to week. Uh, but, um, you know, it's one of those things where we've just got to continue to build on consistency. Um, and uh, hopefully those breakdowns become fewer and far uh, in between. So, Dane, any other Thoughts on the offense for the Packers before we head over to the defense? Um, I, I know that we, you know, we covered pretty much everything, but I'm not sure if you had anything else or any particular individuals that you wanted to highlight. No, I don't have anything else on the offensive side. I was just really pleased overall with the performance. Anytime you can get that many points on the road against a good defense is a good night. I, I know that there were some weird flags all over the field on both sides. I thought in the first half, Packers benefited a little bit at times. Second half, the 49ers absolutely benefited uh, on some of the flags that were thrown. But I think that everything kind of evened itself out. These are two teams that were really battling throughout the game. They both wanted the win pretty badly and just really pleased with how the offense performed because as you mentioned, the second half of the Lions game, I was like, is that just kind of a mirage? Is that just kind of what it is? I don't think it is now. All of a sudden, it's like, I think this offense is clicking and they're playing well on the road into harsh environments. And I expect that to continue now going forward. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think one of the things that we could do is spend a lot of times complaining about the officials, but I like your instinct. Uh, let's just brush over that. It wasn't the best uh, officiated game. Let's just put it that way. Thankfully, it didn't end up costing us. Um, I, there's lots of ways you can look at that, but yeah. um, you know, there there were certainly 
a few big moments that uh, may have kept the 49ers chances alive. But you know what? At the end, I feel like this was a hard fought football game. Um, give credit to the 49ers for uh, taking advantage of opportunities, particularly in the second half. Uh, they, they played well in the second half and the Packers, I thought, played a really good game overall. So it was just a, a really hard fought football game from both sides. And mm-hmm. um, so I think that's the, the best way to get a takeaway uh, from this game. So Dane, uh, before we talk about the defense, let's talk about DraftKings. Uh, yes. DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And um, I know that they've got some pretty cool uh, prom- promotions for folks that uh, have not signed up for them. And you got a chance to sign up over the weekend. So can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the deals that they got for you? Listen, it was awesome, Wags. I, I'm not even kidding here. I, I, for real, uh, DraftKings, we were able over the weekend, my wife actually signed up uh, through the Sportsbook app. If you put in the code TPPN, you will receive $150 free bets if you place a $1 bet. And um, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to tell you how Andrea fared, my, my wife Andrea, over the weekend, but I will tell you that she really enjoyed it. She downloaded the app. It's the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, you know, she was able to get in there. There's what? There's huge cash prizes. Even if you're in a state where you can't bet uh, on the individual games, I mean, there's so much that can go on here, but I just, I've got to tell you. Use the promo code TPPN. Receive $150 in free bets for placing a $1 bet. I mean, it's free. You got to basically go ahead and do this, right? Yeah, and so it does count for the Daily Fantasy as well, right? Because yes. I know that we did get some questions out there uh, that, hey, we can't use the sports book in my state. Uh, but if you go, if you make a deposit and just want to do daily fantasy, you will get that $150 bonus if you use that promo code TPPN. Uh, folks, we bring you free content here. So we really appreciate it. If you're going to use DraftKings Sportsbook anyway, go ahead, use that code, support the show. Um, you know, we, uh, we certainly appreciate you doing that. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. Uh, that's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Uh, there is a minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Uh, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right. Very good. So, Dane, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. And uh, I, I thought this was a really good effort. And it, to me, starts with the guys up front. We were talking before the game, um, all season, really. Uh, when can we get these uh, defensive linemen going and uh, they answered the bell in a big way last night. Talk about the big guys up front on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, equally, I think almost as impressive was the work that our defensive line did last night as well. Kenny Clark. Holy, holy smokes. Kenny Clark. Uh, 
the stats aren't going to jump off the page. Couple tackles, I believe, but he was unbelievable at the point of attack. He was disruptive all night. 49er center Mac got absolutely tossed around by Kenny Clark last night. And I'm not just saying that as a Packer fan. Go back and watch him just getting driven around, not able to get his reach blocks on Kenny. Kenny's extending his arms. He's driving him into the backfield. I don't know if Kenny ate his Wheaties. I don't know if he had extra cheese curds. I don't know what happened. But he was everything that we know he can be and somehow more. He was that good last night. He was so disruptive. And Tyler Lancaster... Wags, I thought the first couple of weeks to start the year, Tyler's been kind of ho-hum. Not a great start to the season for Tyler. Best game of the season. I know it's early, but best game of the season so far for Tyler. Thought, again, point of attack was really good. He kept his pad levels a little bit lower. He's able to hold his ground. He certainly wasn't driving guys the way Kenny was, but I don't expect Tyler to, and I don't need, I don't think we need Tyler to. What we want to see him do is exactly what he did last night. He ate up blockers. He was aggressive. Uh, he used his his body. He used his power. He's got incredible power, lower part of his body. He was able to drive those guys up a little bit. We were able to see the offensive lineman shoulder pads uh, pointing upwards towards the sky. It's everything you want to see. So I thought both of them played well. Dean Lowry, um, later in the game, third, fourth quarter, was able to get some pressures on the quarterback as well. But I really want to credit Kenny Clark, number one, but also Tyler Lancaster for really stopping the run against an offensive line. 49ers have four former first-round draft picks on that offensive line. They've invested in it in free agency. They've invested in it through the draft. They are a very strong up front. And I thought that the Packers D-line, which has had a lot of trouble against this offensive line over the years, did more than enough. And they are one of the major reasons I think we won this football game. They're not going to get all the praise in the world, but they deserve it. And on a podcast that's just about the Packers, we're going to give it to them. Huge kudos to the defensive line. You win more games than not up front with your offensive defensive line, and that's why we won last night. Yeah, and it really helped. Uh, Kenny Clark, by the way, very first play, <laughs> just throws his man aside and, and uh, causes a, a tackle for a loss. Uh, he doesn't necessarily get the tackles uh, when he does that. In fact, usually he is not the one that ends up getting the tackle, but he's really the reason those are, those plays are happening. So, uh, yeah, he was just a monster last night, just incredible job. Uh, but what I was going to say is the fact that the defense was able to get stops early in the game helped this defensive line tremendously mm-hmm. last night. They were able to stay fresh uh into the second half. We talked a little bit about whether we might see some more snaps uh from TJ Slayton. Um, you know, uh Jack Heflin was activated last night for the first time uh, in his young career. Didn't end up getting out on the field, uh, but uh was available. So clearly the the coaching staff may have had that thought in mind uh, if things had swung a little bit differently and the 49ers would have been able to come out running the ball probably the way they wanted to, uh, then that might have worn them down a little bit. We may have had to see uh, some more plays from some of those guys uh, throughout the game. Uh, as it was, it was basically the same as what we've seen the first two weeks. It was Kenny Clark, 62 out of 70 defensive snaps. Uh, Dean Lowry and Kingsley Kiki at 44 and 42, respectively. Uh, Tyler Lancaster, as you said, made the most of his 17 snap. And then uh, TJ Slayton was only out there for two snaps last night. So it was really just 
three three guys and then Tyler Lancaster uh, was in there for you know a handful of snaps as well uh, but you got to give these guys a ton of credit for the work that they did but it certainly uh, I thought helped a lot that they were able to make a couple of stops uh, early in the game and that kept them fresher uh, into the third and fourth quarter. Wiggs does it make you nervous at all that Kenny Clark's taking that many snaps this early in the season? I mean, this is a must-win game. I mean, you know, quote-unquote, must-win. It's so early in the season, but you really want to win the game that we just won. Does it concern you that he wears down if he's playing that many snaps? Because I feel like, me personally, I ask it, it's a leading question. I think he's playing a little more than I would like. I, I would like him closer to the 50 range, 55 range. But when he's getting past that 60, that's just a lot of reps on a big man's body. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, possibly. I, it's sort of like how many pitches should a starting pitcher throw in a game? It, it could vary from player to player, right? He's had some back issues. Uh, he's still a young guy, but he's had some back issues the last couple of seasons. Uh, so you've got to be conscientious of, I think, the amount that he is out there, to your point. We don't have any other options, but him not being out there is worse than getting fewer reps, that's for sure. Mm. I, I, I'm not sure. I think Kenny, obviously, is going to want to be out there as much as he can, I'm sure. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if I have the exact answer for you. I, I haven't looked around the league to see what your average, uh, star defensive lineman gets as far as, uh, snaps every game. Um, I'm sure Aaron Donald doesn't come out too often on the Rams and Kenny Clark is not Aaron Donald yet, but if he wants to be uh, one of the best, uh, nose tackles in the NFL, he's going to have to uh, be putting in the work every week. So, you know what? Um, I think the coaching staff and, and Kenny are going to have to work together and be honest about what he can give you. And if they can work some other guys in here a little bit more, great. Uh, if, if we're getting the level of production and performance that we get got last night um, from everyone, it makes it a lot easier to work them in for more snaps throughout the game as well to give Kenny some additional rest. Um, certainly, if if the Packers are able to play really well and, uh, you know, make the score a little bit more lopsided, Kenny can get some rest in those games as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit easier said than done. There's there's not a lot of blowouts in the NFL, but if that's if that's an opportunity, obviously they'll take it. I'm a little bit surprised we haven't seen a, a bit more of TJ Slayton. And I, I thought we would see a little bit of, of Jack Heflin last night after he's activated. So I'm slightly surprised by that, but perhaps there's a plan uh, to start getting those young guys involved a little bit more at some point. Uh, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, so we'll have to see how that works out as we move forward. Dane, on the edge, um, obviously, you know, still without Rashawn Gary, uh, I thought Preston Smith just you know, he just continues to be uh, the standout uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, his performance in the first couple of weeks, I thought went a little bit under the radar. Last night had a really, really fine performance again. Uh, again, isn't necessarily racking up, you know, Miles Garrett-like sack numbers, but he is definitely going to command a lot of attention. I thought he did some of his finest work against the run, just setting the edge. Uh, this was a 49ers uh, offensive line that just destroyed us twice, two seasons ago. 
And uh, we were able to keep them to 67 yards rushing last night. And I thought Preston Smith, we talked about the defensive line, but I thought Preston Smith, among others, but Preston especially, deserves a lot of credit for the work that he did in, uh, in shutting down uh, this 49ers rushing attack uh, to a much higher level than I thought they would be capable of. Um, and uh, he just continues to just do some outstanding work. So if he can, if he can keep playing at that level uh, and Rashawn Gary starts to come on a little bit, he started to warm up a little bit as the game went on as well. Uh, and then we can hopefully at some point uh, get a, uh, a healthy Zadarius Smith back uh, we could be cooking on the edge as well pretty soon. But how about Preston Smith, Dane? What have you uh, liked with what you've seen from him so far? I was so pleased to see him setting that edge. That The Niners very clearly wanted to establish the run. They wanted to establish the run outside. They like doing those pitch plays. Um, it, it's, it's pretty clear that that's what the coaching staff there in San Francisco likes to do. And I think that it was touched on during the broadcast last night that, you know, a lot of what the 49ers, what the Shanahan's do is the, you know, the first play is predicated on the next play and they build off of plays. And you saw that at times last night, they were able to kind of build off of, of certain, certain situations. And then it starts to go downhill, right? And they start to work downhill, it seems. And they're, they're working their, their, their ways. And they were not able to really get the edge against Preston. And that was just sound football. Let's be real. It was sound football. It wasn't hero ball. It wasn't selfish. It was really good team ball. You'll see guys that like to pad their stats that will try to pinch inside, try to get to the quarterback, and they just get destroyed on the outside and teams are getting gutted. Preston Smith last night didn't do any of that. He did exactly what the coaching staff wanted him to do. He wasn't necessarily always getting a million tackles, but what he was doing is he was forcing the running back instead. He was able to really create, um, create, create a scenario where, um, you know, uh, Devondre Campbell was able to get a heck of a lot of tackles from the other inside linebackers. A defensive line was able to get there, but really, what, what it did was it forced the running back inside. Maybe they were getting a few yards, but they weren't getting those huge plays against the Packers. And that's what's plagued this defense at times in the past are the huge run plays. Then it sets up the pass. Then Garoppolo's back there slinging it around. The Niners weren't able to do that last night. And a big, big part of that is because Preston Smith just played really good football. Uh, and then I've got to say, Wags, Jonathan Garvin played really well last night as well. Uh, second year with the Packers. As active as I've ever seen him in the backfield for uh, of the opposing team's backfield, thought that he was using really good hand placement, using his speed to his advantage. Uh, big number 53 out there. He's just long. He's lean. He's got these really long arms. And uh, at times last year, you'd see him. He's so young. He was 20 last year as an undrafted rookie. Uh, this year, he's, what, uh, 21 years old. He's still just a young guy. But at times, he wasn't using that length to his advantage, and he'd get kind of eaten up by these big-time offensive tackles. This game was the first game that I saw him routinely using those arms to his advantage, kind of like a fighter, right? Kind of like a boxer. You want to keep that guy away from you. He wasn't getting consumed. Instead, he was able to to use that leverage to his advantage. And I thought that he got there. I think he got a half sack with TJ Slayton, actually. Uh, TJ Slayton had two snaps, got a half sack out of it uh, on one of those plays. Uh, the other half was credited to Jonathan Garvin. But there were other plays, too, 
where um, I thought this game more than either of the other games this year, while they didn't get, you know, 10 sacks, I believe they still got three or four sacks, but they were consistently pressuring Garoppolo. I thought they did a really nice job of that. And the Packers needed another guy to step up with big Zadarius Smith out. Preston Smith setting the edge. He's working hard. Rashawn Gary's getting in there. They needed somebody else. And last night, Jonathan Garvin was that guy. If he can build off of that and we get Zadarius Smith back, big picture, projecting long-term, this makes that pass rush that much better. But good on Jonathan Garvin last night for doing what I think the Packers really believe he can do. For sure. And on that sack, I was thinking, oh, that's Rashawn Gary. Nope. It's, it's, uh, Jonathan Garvin getting in there. And that makes a, 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 a big difference when we can get some of those secondary guys getting involved. Uh, for sure. Uh, Lee 86, thanks for joining. He agreed with, uh, your comments on Tyler Lancaster saying Lancaster impressed. Usually he feels decent, uh, but he actually pushed a pocket here and there. Absolutely. I thought we were getting a nice push up front. Um, Preston Smith had three quarterback hits as well, so he wasn't getting officially uh, getting in there for the sacks, but a lot of pressure uh, that he was putting on in addition to that uh, setting the edge against the run. And, and like you said, you're that you have some great insight uh, on how they can use the leverage as a former star defensive end, Dane. You know all about that, right? But that's uh, that sarcasm, <laughs> Wags, that everybody tunes in for. Hey, you can get, you can sing me back. That's just totally fair. But, you know, it, it just like kind of the Kenny Clark thing where it, you may not get the tackle, but that gives guys a chance in pursuit. It gives a cornerback a chance to step up and then they're not out in space. Uh, it really gives uh, the defense a, a lot of opportunities to get those stops against the run. That's not something that we've seen uh, a lot of times. That's been what we've struggled with and against the run is at that initial point of attack. Uh, we're just getting over pursuit and we're not setting that edge uh, very well and that's putting a lot of pressure on our linebackers at second level. I know we've had a lot of inside linebackers take some heat over the years uh, from yours truly as well <laughs> I might add but uh, the fact of the matter is is it starts with those guys on the edge and up front and last night I thought it was a textbook display of how you can uh, uh, play against the run uh, the way that they were using their fundamentals and technique uh, so you've just got to give them a ton of credit Dane let's talk about the secondary um, yeah. What a performance last night. And I know the 49ers got theirs a little bit in the passing game at times, but we talked a little bit in the Insta Live after the game last night. Some of those catches that they were making, we were like draped all over uh, 49er receivers. Uh, that uh, catch that Debo Samuel made in the fourth quarter on that last drive, I don't, I still don't know how he pulled that football in. Jair Alexander could not have played that better, not to mention he had his arm wedged perfectly between Samuel's hands trying to knock the football out. It's it's a pass that I swear doesn't get completed 99 out of 100 times. Um, I think if this was a, a baseball game, a gamemanship of uh, asking to check his gloves for too much stickum might have been uh, something that we could have called for, but uh, I, I digress. I, I thought I was really impressed uh, with our uh, secondary, and even though uh, Eric Stokes got dinged for a couple of pass interference penalties, how impressed were you with with his performance last night? I mean, this kid, uh, he can play, can he? I, I was super excited and very, very uh, impressed by what we saw from him as well. Look out. 
look out. I mean, Eric Stokes played great football. Uh, that's that first flag. Absolutely. That second flag. Absolutely not. Um, you know, they should have picked that thing up as far as I'm concerned, but, um, Stokes played incredible football last night. Young guy. He's going to make rookie mistakes. We know that, but the backers found a guy in Stokes. And, um, I think on the other side of Jair, Jair Alexander, he's just going to be dangerous flags. I don't know what else to say. He just, he has the right flow. He has good body position and he has that makeup speed that just is coveted by corners. He's got a short memory. He's going to be a guy. I know it's early in the season, but he's a guy to look out for. And I don't see a scenario where when Kevin King comes back, he's playing on the outside anymore. That's Eric Stokes' job. He's too darn good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Frank Lombardi, uh, must be a Georgia fan. Stokes, go dogs for sure. Uh, we appreciate that. And, uh, just, couldn't be happier uh, for this young man getting his first NFL start in a big game on national TV. And I think he uh, showed uh, that you can have a lot to get excited about uh, with this uh, young Packer defense. Uh, how about the play of Darnell Savage as well last night? Mm-hmm. I thought this was his finest game of the season. Had some communication issues, I think, uh, in the first couple of weeks. But last night, Darnell Savage all over the field. I, I thought he was really impactful, uh, both against the run and, and in some pass situation. Had some nice pass breakups. Um, uh, so, you know, didn't have really any opportunities for an interception, uh, but uh, was, was uh, I thought, in the right spot and playing extremely aggressively um, and, and smart. Uh, he wasn't yeah. putting himself out of position. Uh, Adrian Amos, you know you're always going to get really high-quality uh, performance from him, but um, it's always uh, uh, makes the defense, I think, go to another level when we can have a guy like Darnell Savage raise his game up to the level that we know he's capable of. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And wait, um, just for those that are downloading this podcast later, uh, we're also broadcasting live as we record this on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, every, every, uh, the, the, most of the time it's right after the ball game. Um, but tonight we're doing it on the Monday night. Uh, we'll be recording again live 7.30 p.m. Central Time on Thursday if you want to join us. But, uh, also those of you watching live, you can always find us on iTunes. YouTube, Spotify, Google, you know, wherever you get your podcast, basically. I just want to fill that in now. Um, but going back to your question, Wags, you're right. They were active across the board. I actually thought that to a man, uh, they, they all played really good football. I mean, the Packers only played three cornerbacks all night. It was Jair Alexander with Stokes and a Shannon Sullivan. Um, Stokes as a rookie playing all 70 snaps next to, or across from, I should say, Jair Alexander. Shannon Sullivan playing 44 snaps. And I, I'll tell you what, even without the, with the Kevin King illness, even when he's back, I think the best three corners are what we saw last night. Uh, I, I've seen some, some of the, or, you know, Packer Twitter kind of getting on Shannon Sullivan a little bit. I, I disagree. I thought he played pretty well. I think that there was a glaring uh, play near the end of the game on Kittle. But I'll tell you what, Kittle does that to a lot of players. I thought for most of the game, the Packers were able to mitigate the big play from the 49ers. And um, you're going to give up a little bit here and there. But I thought overall, this is a really good core three to have. And I'm excited when we get Kevin back that he can get mixed in in certain situations. But I'm hopeful that this is kind of the three we see going forward. They feed off each other. I think that they're all aggressive. Uh, and I'm talking about the cornerback group. Of course, it's safety. 
Savage played phenomenal. You mentioned Amos and then Weggs for the first time this season, to my knowledge, just kind of going back the first three weeks, we saw that three safety look. That's something that we saw a lot more of out of Coach Patton. So when we start to look at what are the differences between defensive coordinators from Patton to now Barry, I think one of them is we didn't see as much three safety, but we're seeing more of that now. We saw Henry Black get worked in. I know Vernon Scott still coming back from the injury. So the Packers were able to get him in there. Uh, that him being Henry Black on that dime, um, that defensive back there, he was able to get a tackle in there, played some good special teams, but um, just kind of interesting to see. I'm looking at a stat line. He had 13 snaps he played on the defensive side. So curious to see if the Packers add that wrinkle more as the season progresses, especially as other safeties get available. Is that something where Kevin King comes in in the slot? Shannon Sullivan takes some of those safety looks? I don't know. Packers are really going to be opportunistic this year to really strong performance from a really, really good defensive backs. And uh, Wags, to your point going back, some of these receptions were miraculous by the 49ers last night, and the Packers still were able to win the football game. I'm really encouraged by what we're seeing right now. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think one of the things that you're bringing up about who's going to be out there, we know who the the main core guys are, and I completely yeah. agree. Uh, Eric Stokes is now the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Kevin King is uh, absent an injury, uh, not going to be uh, uh, starting on the outside it could be somewhat matchup dependent too. I could see where there may be some uh, opponents where it might be a little bit more Kevin King or some opponents, it might be more Shannon Sullivan or some opponents, it might be more Henry Black or when he's fully healthy, Vernon Scott. The way Vernon Scott played in the preseason, I wouldn't be surprised if they work him in uh, once he's uh, really fully healthy and ready to go. He wasn't active yet for this past game, but um, was practicing last week. So when you, to your point, when we have our our full complement and hopefully we remain healthy uh that's going to be an interesting thing to see i i don't think we're going to see henry black and vernon scott out there at you know taking plays away from any of those core guys yeah. uh but depending on the opponent and depending on the looks that the defense has given you uh we could see a third safety uh, out there in some nickel or dime situations instead of a third corner, perhaps, uh, depending on, on what what type of coverages uh, we're looking to play, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I, it's, it's always nice to have flexibility, and uh, it takes away a lot of problems uh, when we've got two corners out on the boundaries that you know are going to be able to blanket the other team's wide receivers. And we don't expect them to never get beat. Uh, I, I Eric Stokes is... Still obviously going to be learning, uh, but uh, if he has the same trajectory uh, as a guy like Jair Alexander had in his in his first season, uh, it's not going to take him long uh, to be playing at a high level, uh, even here in his first season. So um, I'm excited, uh, very excited after what we saw from him last night. Wags. Middle linebacker, inside linebacker last night. Chris Barnes went down early. He was my X Factor of the week. And uh, unfortunately, he went down um, early in this one with it looks like a concussion. Devondre Campbell is continuing to to put on a show, I think, for the Packers. Uh, he seems to have early in the season a nose for the football, was able to recover that football on the fumble last night, had an interception uh, the week previous. How impressed have you been with him as a free agent signing on a one-year signing? Because he seems to be filling the gaps. He played all 70 snaps, and he's really 
<laughs> the more I'm watching him play, the more I like the energy he brings to the team. It's clear the other guys are he's fitting in with more of the vets that have already been on the team for some time. But I really like his nose for the football. Yeah, um, he's playing well. I, I mean, I, I can't honestly think of any plays where I was like, what was he doing on that yeah. play? I, you know, I mean, he's he's playing good football. And so if he can keep that up, that's fantastic. I'm I'm very pleased with what we've seen from him. Uh, hopefully, uh, concussion for, for, to for Chris, um, for Chris yeah, to yeah. Chris Barnes. Thank you. Um, he's able to come back soon. But you know, I really thought that uh, both Ty Summers in base and then uh, Oren Burke was out there in sub packages. Uh, did some nice things and they were able to play pretty well. So um, uh, they they continued what we saw from them in the preseason and they've been on this team for a while. Oren Burks got in there, uh, pressured the quarterback a little bit yeah. uh, in some of his opportunities. Uh, so uh, that's that's encouraging. Again, we talked about some of the receivers taking advantages of the opportunities they have, even if they're limited. Um, so I thought that uh, both Ty Summers and Oren Burks played like professional NFL players last night, uh, being called in on short notice uh, and having the responsibilities they did. Um, just kudos to them as well. Uh, you know, they didn't necessarily make any impact plays, but um, I was uh, I definitely encouraged by Devonte Campbell as well. Really, I thought the third third straight good game for him. Uh, it's hard to give too much credit for the first week uh, for anything that happened, mm -hmm. but um, I, I didn't think anything that was going on was, was really his fault in that, that first game. Um, so if we can, Hey, maybe we've cured our inside linebacker problems uh, at least for now. Uh, I know yeah. that's been a longstanding uh, kind of pain or uh, in the side for Packer fan. But um, if we continue to see the play that we've gotten from Devontae Campbell uh, and he can stay healthy, that's, that's going to be something that's going to help this defense continue to get better and better. Wiggs, Oren Burks, I thought, really was able to shoot up the middle and provide some pressure, kind of, as you mentioned, a continuation of what we saw in the preseason. It's exciting to see him get some meaningful snaps and be able to produce a little bit there. So I think it's just really worth highlighting uh, that. And I thought that Ty Summers... Uh, there, there was a one play in particular where he was really able to go from one side of the field, track the running back, was able to get all the way across the other field and, and make the fill for maybe a three or four yard gain that if he doesn't make that tackle, uh, you know, we're talking the safeties making the play, hopefully 15, 20 yards downfield. So a couple plays that I wanted to highlight there just because, uh, it, it, it was noticeable even on the screen for both of those guys to be able to come in. We saw that tie in the base. Oren more in the passing situations. I think Oren ended up outsnapping Ty by about five snaps just because, you know, third, fourth quarter, the 49ers were throwing the ball a little bit more. But both those guys got an opportunity. If Chris Barnes is unable to go next week, and I know we'll be doing our pro our preview on Thursday, I expect the Packers to, to combat the, the Pittsburgh Steelers the same way. Dart on defense, but Oren Burks is going to work his way in and the Packers are going to throw two different guys at that situation and, and make Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steeler offensive line, which has been absolutely atrocious, try to block these guys. I think they're going to have a hard time. I completely agree. So we'll be able to get into that more, as you said, on Thursday night. Um, so Dane, I don't know that there's much to say, but I'll, I'll let you take, take uh, the lead on it. Mason Crosby. 
What else yeah. can you say? Uh, we would be remiss if we didn't give him a, a big shout out. Three for three on a field goals. It's not just about the last one. Nailing a 54-yarder in that first series. I, that game could have swung uh, momentum-wise uh, a lot the other direction early. If after a nice first drive, the Packers kind of um, stumbled a little bit and, and got sent out uh, deep into field goal range. Uh, but Mason goes in and nails a 54-yarder. Uh, that's something that you can overlook. Uh, at that moment uh, was big, I thought, because even though we didn't end up getting a touchdown, it was really important that we came out of that first series with points of the way we were able to execute and, and move down and deep into 49er territory. So, uh, man, Mason just loved the guy, you know, this is the, the 49ers taking the time out to try to ice him. And he just sort of smirks, yeah. swings the leg a couple of times and goes out there and nails the game winner. Yeah. I, I mean, what, what can you say? I, I thought that, the, the whole crew, special teams crew did a really nice job last night. And, but what I mean by that is I thought that Hunter Bradley had some nice snaps. Corey Bajorquez, the punter, by the way, new punter. He's been through, again, short sample size, small sample size. He's been phenomenal in his time in Green Bay so far, but also he's the holder. And I thought that that was a smooth transition and uh, all night. We saw that. And Mason was just able to do what Mason Crosby does. It's, I don't know if you've had a chance to see the still of how close the 49ers were to blocking that final field goal. But we are talking, you know, I talk centimeters from Fred Warner getting a block, you know, tipping that ball away from Devante. Talk about a game of inches again. It was so close. And, uh, you know, I, I actually thought back today, uh, we had an interview with J.J. Molson, who's on the Packers practice squad, uh, the kicker, another kicker the Packers have under contract right now. And he talked about uh, in his time uh, on our podcast quite a bit about the mechanics of kicking. And I went back and thought a little bit about that, actually, after seeing some of the stills and rewatching the field goal. Mason Crosby didn't just have to kick a field goal last night under pressure. He had to drive the ball. So he's kicking the ball a little lower than he probably would prefer. He's certainly lower uh, than than he would for an extra point just to make sure that the ball's going to get there. He's worrying about this guy coming off the edge. I think Robert Tunyon, he blocked the right guy, by the way. Tunyon blocked down, was able to just chip enough on the 49ers defender who's coming over. And then Crosby's able to kick a ball through the tiniest of windows first just to get it just to get it over the offensive lineman's head, just to get it out of the outstretched hand. And then he's able to drive that ball through. And you could see Crosby, when that ball started to uh, go left to right, he knew it was good and game was over. But uh, you can't say enough about Mason Crosby. He's a guy who has had rough patches in his career, and he's been able to battle through this. We've talked about kickers having those difficulties in the past. Mason Crosby, headstrong. What a guy. What a performance last night. Yeah, I love that callback because it was such great insight from JJ. It's so easy as fans to take for granted that the kicker's only job is to make kicks. Right. But how difficult that truly is and all that goes into that is just pretty incredible. And Mason makes it look automatic. Uh, so um, 
Yeah, man. And by the way, he had to get a tackle <laughs> on a yeah. kickoff. So uh, it was a full day at the office for Mason. I would prefer, I say it every time, I prefer Mason never has to make another tackle in his life, but uh, he did his best to, to keep the 49ers from putting six on the board before the half. Um, uh, it's not something that he should have to be doing, uh, but I digress. Dean, we have uh, just eclipsed the hour mark, but we do need to pick our big cheeses of the week before mm. we sign off here. So uh, it's pretty tough. This is a tough one to think about. Um, you know, do you go with uh, an Aaron Rodgers or a Devontae Adams who definitely are very, very deserving of a big cheese? Um, or do you look at some other guys uh, that had to step up beyond their normal duty uh, and did a fantastic job. And I think you might know a couple that I'm talking about or just Mason Crosby or there's guys all on the defensive side. So I, I don't know how we narrow this down, Dane, but I'm thinking we've got to do what we've got to do. Um, let's look for a big cheese on the offense on defense, and I'm just going to automatically give Mason Crosby the special team (laughs) big cheese of the week. Uh, So that way we've got a a few to choose from. So um, who is your uh, nominee, uh, I think, first of all, on the offensive side of the ball? uh, Who do you think we should have for the big cheese of the week? Yeah, you're right. Um, It's a really hard decision because of so many great performers. But I'm going to go with our pal Yash Heinzman. Uh, I thought that he played he played too well to to not get one. First game I mentioned, left tackle, first start ever, and to do what he did, undrafted guy. He's a guy that's the Packers have been developing over the last couple of years. For him to come out and do what he did on that stage in that moment, he held up so well against Bosa. Are you kidding me? I don't wish that on anybody, Wags. And for Yash to come out and perform, he gets my big cheese of the week. I am going to second that. So let's just lock it in for Yash getting the big cheese. Uh, you right. could go a lot of guys up front, but uh, for him in that situation, it could have gone a lot of different ways. Uh, and, uh, and not only did he step in and hold his own, I thought he actually performed quite well. Um, in the run game, they were running uh, behind him and uh, John Runyon Jr. quite a bit. Um, and uh, so he uh, was uh, giving good pass protection uh, and, and opening up some holes in the run game. Uh, so uh, a big cheese of the week. Offensive side of the ball goes to Yash Nijman. Um So defensively, um, for for me, I'm gonna, just going to throw out Preston Smith. I think mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be my nominee. I think, again, we could go a few different ways. Jair uh, had a really uh, a really nice game, a fantastic interception. Uh, but I thought what Preston Smith uh, did up front uh, was, was was critical. Uh, you could say Kenny Clark. Uh, so it's it's difficult. We might have a split vote here, uh, but we'll try to lock it in. Um, but setting the edge, this was a 49er offensive line. We can't say it enough that was running off tackle uh, and to the outside at will against this Packer defense two years ago and just got shredded. And that was Preston Smith last night setting the tone and uh, preventing the 49ers running game from being able to open up those lanes and holes uh, and uh, be able to get to that second level with space. Uh, So I I thought, uh, again, uh, there's a lot of different guys that give deserve credit, uh, but Preston Smith has been, I think, our most consistent performer on the defensive side of the ball uh, for this whole season. 
I, I, that you could argue there might be a couple of other guys that are in that space as well. Uh, but last night, uh, I thought he made the biggest impact to both against the run, uh, and then being able to, uh, bring some pressures with three quarterback hits, um, and, uh, really, really doing a fine job of making an impact up front. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I, I can second that one. Um, he just played too well, right? Preston Smith played really good football last night, had a bit of a maligned year last season. And for him to come out, he's played really well to start the year. He's really stepped up. Um, he's playing with good energy. He's playing aggressively and he's doing everything this coaching staff is asking of him, just like he did last year, by the way. Uh, but this year, I think the, the coaching staff honestly is putting him in a little bit better position to perform. So, um, really happy to see him out there. And, uh, I'm all about Preston Smith getting our defensive big cheese player of the week. For sure. Um, so I, we got another question in the chat. I think we're going to save this one for Thursday. I think it's a good discussion to have. What should the starting O-line be in going forward if Jenkins is healthy? Um, and hopefully we'll have an idea if Jenkins is able to practice this week. I think that'll be a good, good question to uh, chat about on Thursday. So thanks for submitting that. I want to see uh, what we get uh, as far as practice and if Jenkins is ready to go or potentially looks like he might be ready to be healthy this week. That's certainly going to be a conversation that we're going to have. So um, Dane, anything else that you wanted to hit on before we sign off here tonight? I, I do want to apologize. It's Nyman. I apologize. Yash. Yash been on our podcast. So I apologize. Uh, for that, I, I always say it in my head wrong, but it's Yash Nyman, so I want to make sure I say that. But other than that, Wags, um, just I'm really happy about this this team right now. I like where the team is at, and I think that we are going the right direction. I'm really excited to see uh, what we're going to be able to build off of this. But I I I, I like how Coach Lafleur has constructed this team. It's it's a team that's led by the players, but there's no uh, mistake. This is Matt LaFleur's team. You see him. He's fiery. There's no doubt about that. He's got a little bit of swag with him. So just very pleased with this. Really pleased that we're able to do this podcast and not talk about a last-second loss, but instead a last-second victory. The Packers are 2-1. and one. They're in control of the North. Now let's go ahead. Let's really build off of this and build our identity this season. Couldn't have said it better, Dane. So, folks, for, the, for those of you that joined us here live tonight, thanks so much for joining. We'll be back live Thursday night, as Dane said earlier, on both Facebook and YouTube. So check our, our social uh, for the links to that if you want to join. Um, for those of you that aren't able to join live, uh, obviously go ahead and download uh, the audio of this podcast uh, on Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts uh, that will be available um, later here this evening. So, um, folks, thanks so much for joining in. Um, go ahead and submit those questions to us or comments or feedback on the team. Uh, and, uh, we'll try to get to those, uh, throughout uh, the episodes uh, that are upcoming as well. Um, so Dane, um, I appreciate you as well. Uh, so as always, let's close it out here. 
Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. We're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.